0: to the Preaching and Teaching Ministry of Mary and Oaks Assembly of God in Ocala, Florida. We invite you to open your Bible as we join Pastor Tim McIntyre for today's message for Bible study. Well, tonight we're doing a study on one particular verse, although a bunch of other verses are going to be brought in To play with that. And the title of what I want to talk about is Words Matter. Have you noticed that words matter? It's an old saying, you guys have heard it many, many times. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is that true? No. (laughs) No, not at all. You know, sometimes words can produce so much more pain, maybe not physical pain, but so much more pain than any kind of physical injury. Why is that? Yeah, it can impact us in such a way that it just just never leaves us, right? We just remember it over and over, especially if those words have been poured into our lives over a period of time, and especially if they're poured into our lives by people that we care about, and should care about us, and maybe they do care about us, but they've used the wrong type of words to pour into our lives, people that we value their viewpoint, that kind of stuff, all right? Or if they come at a time when we're very vulnerable in life. You know, there's a lot about words in Proverbs. We'll mention a couple of verses tonight, but certainly not all of them. You could do a great job on studying the power of our words and how they can be used for good or bad, just by going through Proverbs and making a note of everything it says about our words. But Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." Okay, not literally in the sense that we can just speak to somebody and kill them physically, or speak to somebody and raise them to life. Um, Jesus could do that. God could certainly do that if He chose to. It's not usually how He works, but. That thought of death and life are in the power of the tongue means that our words can be life-giving or they can be life-taking. They can, they can create, they can destroy, they can heal, they can hurt. And that's why we say words matter. Now, on your note sheet, I have down there James chapter 3, verses 3 to 12. We're not going to read that, but that's a great passage on words and our mouths and how we need to get control of what comes out of our mouths. Um, James does not have a very good prognosis. If you read that passage, he says that even though the tongue is small, it is powerful, but the main thing he focuses on is powerful in a negative way, okay? He tells us it's destructive, it's evil, it's untamable, and it's hypocritical. In fact, he says specifically it's very tough to control our mouths. Verses 7 and 8, he says... Every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Why is it so hard to control what we say? It's not impossible. We all struggle with it, but why is it so hard? We don't think before we speak. Yeah? Carlton. Yeah. In fact, we're going to look at the scripture. Jesus said that it's out of the mouth that comes out what's in your heart. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah says our hearts are desperately wicked without God. And, uh, yeah, it can really surprise us what's in our hearts. And what's in our hearts, it's going to come out. All right. So what's inside comes out. It's like if you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what's going to come out? <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> so any amount of that we allow to be in our lives whether it's just momentarily, temporarily, or it's something we allow there to fester, it will probably come out at some point, and it's usually when we're being squeezed. <laughs> okay? By circumstances, by another person, or whatever. Okay? So how, even though it's very difficult, and it'd be easy to use it as an excuse, but even the Bible says, it's hard to control my tongue, so why should I bother trying? How important is it that we try to control our tongues? Very? Why? Why is it so important that we try to control our tongues? We are our because we're our brother's keeper. Because they, it has, our words have a tremendous impact on other people. Farissa, what were you going to say? Okay, so what comes out of you what? Oh, it defiles you. Yes. Okay, that's what Jesus said. Yeah. Any other thoughts about why it's so important that we make the effort, even though it's very difficult? Debbie. that's right because our words has such a tremendous impact and not just on others but on ourselves. We won't be talking a lot about ourselves tonight but everything we talk about tonight it it has to do with us. You know? Okay. Yeah, Dorothy. Mhm. Right. Dorothy was talking about how scripture says that in all things is to our best of our ability, we need to be at peace with other people, right? But not just the peace part, but just about everything the Bible says about our relationships with one another, encouraging one another, accepting one another, loving one another, forgiving one another. Our words get involved, right? And if we're not careful about our words, it can mess us up in our relationships with each other and in fulfilling all the things that God asks us to do in our relationships with each other. Chris. That's true. That was a very unusual circumstance. It's not the way God usually works. But yeah, in the Old Testament, there is a story. Um, you said kids. The word that's used here is talking about like teenagers or older teenagers who very arrogantly and evilly disrespected the, the man of God. And God wanted to make a point. And so he sent a bear out there to chase him down and cause some problems for them. Yeah, that's not the normal thing. That isn't something we want to pray for <laughs> when someone disses us. But uh, still, it's it's there in the Bible. You know, two things. I have it on your note sheet here. James chapter one, verse twenty-six. It says, "If anyone thinks he's religious, and, and we often think of religion as a negative word because it's often used that way, but in this case, it's talking about if you really think you've got a good relationship with God. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, that person's religious is, religion is worthless. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect in everything you say." to prove that you have a relationship with God. But basically it says, if you don't care and you just let it fly and it doesn't matter to you, you can claim to be a Christian and love God and serve God all you want. And James here says, that doesn't mean a whole lot when you say that, if you're not trying to control your tongue. But Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Another saying that probably you've heard if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Now, I agree with that in principle and for the most part, but sometimes we have to say things that may not come across as nice, but we can still say them nicely, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But there's still a lot of truth to it. Well, tonight, we're not going to focus so much on the negative side. We'll mention it a little bit, um, you know, don't say this and don't say that and don't do whatever. But I want to talk more about the positive side. How can we use our tongues, our mouths, and the things that we say to be an encouragement, to strengthen other people, to accomplish God's purposes? And we're going to be looking specifically at one verse um, from Ephesians that Paul wrote. And this is going to be very practical advice. But the key thought, you've always been waiting for something to write on your note sheet, right? Here's your first thing for your note sheet. The key thought is choose to speak good things. Choose to speak good things. Again, we've used a number of scriptures already. We're going to use a number more, but we're going to focus on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. Now, I don't often do that, where I just take one verse and teach or preach just that, okay? And there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you're not taking it out of context. So you always have to look at individual verses in context. And the context of this is really actually very simple, and the verse makes a lot of sense um, all by itself. But in this passage, in the whole letter of Ephesians, but especially in this chapter, in the, the verses, paragraphs around it, Paul is talking about how God saved us from sin. He's taken us out of all the bondage that we were in, Jesus has made a difference in our lives, and as we serve him and walk with him and follow him, it should make a difference. And there's a whole bunch of stuff there about the various areas of our lives where knowing Jesus and growing in that relationship should make a difference. And this particular verse is speaking about how it should make a difference in what comes out of our mouths. So Ephesians 4.29, he says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So we're going to draw a couple of main points from this and on the second one, some sub points here. But the first thing I want to draw from this, from the very beginning statement, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Don't speak unwholesome words. Don't speak unwholesome words. Okay, so Paul starts this off, and again, we are going to deal with the negative. We're going to get that over with first, then we'll deal with the positive. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. What does that word "corrupting" mean, or what does that make you think of when you hear the word "corrupting"? Yeast. What? Yeast. yeast. But yeast is good in bread. It makes it taste so good. The effects of the yeast? Yeah, you think the of the yeast is corrupted. Yes. Yeast is most often, not always, but most often in the Bible, often in the Bible, uses an illustration of sin and the fact that just like yeast, you get a little tiny bit in that bread dough and pooh the impact. Tremendous. Uh, in the same way, um, the idea of corruption is not just something bad, but it's something bad that kind of multiplies and grows and infects. Yeah. Lisa? Speaking words that would cause strife with others. That's a great example of some corrupting words. Yeah. The word here in the Greek means something that is rotten or worthless or bad or decayed. It's used in another place in Scripture. In fact, one of Jesus' parables where it's talking about rotten fruit. Okay? If you can think about, you know, that meal that you had that was so good that you kept the leftovers and put them in the fridge and you forgot they were there. And then two weeks later... You pull it out, and you choose not to eat it for some reason. It's been corrupted. Yeah, that's kind of the idea that is there. Something that could be good, but it's turned bad, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Okay, uh, Rotten fruit, vegetables, spoiled food. So Lisa gave one great example, anything that would cause dissension. What are some other good examples of unwholesome words, of corrupting Words. I don't mean you should speak the actual words, but what are some other examples of words that would fall in that category? Chris. Okay, anything that blasphemes God. That goes all the way back to the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not take the Lord your God, uh, take his name in vain. All right, we've talked about that before. We've got to be very careful, and that's so easy in our culture. I mean, not just in the sense that people are saying GD and all that kind of stuff, but even something as simple as OMG. You know, If that's not said where you're appealing to God or talking about God or talking to God, that becomes a situation of just taking God's name very flippantly, and God takes that very seriously. So anything that um, takes God's name lightly or misuses it or abuses it, Or blasphemes God? Okay. What else would fall into the category of corrupting speech? Lynn? Hold on. Call on Lynn. (laughs) Glad you all got lots of things you want to pop out there. We'll get to you. Lynn? Okay. Statements that would cause hurt to someone. You use the word offense. And that's inappropriate offense. And the only reason I say inappropriate is because the truth can be offensive. You're not talking about it. And I know you, you're not, you're all about to speaking the truth. Okay. But things that are said specifically to cause offense, hurtful offense to others. And that goes along with the dissension because that causes dissension that Lisa was talking about. Okay. I heard several other voices. Who were the people that spoke up and didn't wait for me to recognize your hand? Gossip. Gossip. All right. Gossip. What else? Did you have one, Sister Pat? I thought you said something a minute ago. Yes. Um, and you've forgotten. Profanity. profanity. Okay. What else? Huh? Cussing bad, cuss bad words. Okay. <laughs> Amanda? Manipulation. Okay, that's, that's a good one there. All right. Anybody else? Lying. What? Lying. Lying. That is definitely a corrupting influence of our words. Barbara? Swearing. Swearing. Another word for them, cussing bad words. <laughs> At least he was talking about. Okay, let me read you. I got um, obscenity, slander, gossip, abusive language. That fits along with what Lynn said. Coarse language. Anything that injures others and sparks dissension. That's what I have in my notes here. There's a couple of other verses right here in this same letter, Ephesians, but jump down to chapter 5, verse 4. He says he he kind of, you know, Paul talks about this topic, and he jumps kind of moves to another one, then another one kind of goes back to it. But in chapter 5, verse 4, he says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. Now, please understand, God is not against joking. God has a sense of humor. If you don't think God has a sense of humor, go home and look in the mirror. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with joking. God loves joy, but this is talking about coarse language, okay? Um, crude joking. He says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. I like the fact that God doesn't just give you the negative all by itself. He says, here's what you should avoid, but here's what you should replace it with. And that's really what we're going to be focusing on tonight. We're talking about the negative now, but then we're going to talk about all the positive that we should replace this negative talking with, okay? And so in this particular verse, he says, instead of all that stuff, just, just speak thankful words, okay? Thankful to God, thankful to others, things that are positive. Colossians chapter three, verse eight, Paul says, but now you must put them all away. He's been talking about various sins, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Okay. You know, I was doing some studying for this particular Bible study and I came across this one illustration. I thought, oh, isn't that so true? Have you ever seen an advertisement for a TV show or a movie or whatever? And it says, this movie contains mature language. Okay. So what does that really mean? It means you really shouldn't listen to this unless you're really mature. Does it mean the language is actually mature? Not at least in our estimation, actually probably just the opposite. If you got that warning, it means the language probably isn't, you know, very mature. Okay, It's not appropriate, appropriate, that's for sure, okay? Now, here's the thing that's interesting. You know, the Bible does talk specifically about not taking God's name in vain, misusing God's name, treating it lightly, okay? But who or what determines, um, other than the principles of tearing people down, hurting people, but like, especially in the, in the, in the things several of you threw out there, swearing, cuss words, all, who determines what's a cuss word and what isn't? Good question, huh? I mean, I hear Christians today, I even hear some preachers today saying some things that they never would have dreamed of saying 30 years ago. I'm not saying that's good or bad, in some cases it's Probably bad. But you know what I'm saying? It seems like there are certain things about language that evolve. Now, I'm not saying that there's an evolution to what's right and wrong and what's good and what's bad. But I think if we're not careful, we can compromise very, very easily. Okay? Um, it used to be there was kind of a common standard even in society about that's just not appropriate. Some people say it, and they do put it in some movies and stuff, but it's just not right. And nowadays, just about anything goes. And that is something that we as believers have got to be very, very sensitive to because it is very, very easy to fall into saying the same things the world says. Okay? And and um, anyway, uh, so we need to be very, very careful about our language and say does it fall within these categories that God's Word says is wrong? Is it obscene? Is it abusive? Is it coarse? Is it crude? All those kind of things. Okay? All right. Yes, go ahead. Uh, as you uh, so in the, uh, it's the of the That's right, goes to the intent of the heart. So it's okay to tell a dirty joke because you're not. Trying to hurt somebody. I'm just playing the devil's advocate, Lynn. I know that's not what you're talking about. No, no, but you, you're right. There are certain things that depends on the context in which it's used, the intent of the heart, that kind of stuff. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, Lisa, go ahead and make your comment. Then we're going to move on because we could spend all night long debating the different words and that kind of stuff and good, bad, right, and wrong and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Hmm. it's in the Bible. Hmm. Right, but as an appropriate word. Sure. So that's where I see this. Yeah. If you're talking about hell, it doesn't mean you're necessarily cussing, unless you're telling somebody to go there. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Right. the The main point I want to make, because again, we could talk all night long about how do we determine what's right, what's wrong, what's what's, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable is that we need to be assured in our own conscience before God that we are doing our best to not say something that is blasphemous, that is treating God or the righteousness lightly, that is obscene, that is uh, all these words that we've been using here. And if you have any doubts, you're better off just not saying it. If you got to just not say anything, <laughs> you know, maybe there are times it's better not to say anything at all. So anyway, before we move on, I want you to notice something here that Phrase, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. That second word there, let no. That's that's pretty clear, isn't it? That's our goal. It's not an easy goal, but that's our goal, that we would do our best in our speech to try to make sure that nothing comes out that's not appropriate. And that's something we're all gonna work on for the rest of our lives. And none of us will get perfectly. But we can't use it as an excuse to say, "Well, I'm not even going to bother trying." Okay, that's our goal. Let no, okay, corrupting influence. And it's so easy to make excuses. Well, I'm not as bad as so and so, you know, um, or I'm not as bad as I used to be. Now, that's a great thing to rejoice. I'm not as bad as I used to be, but don't just stop there. Okay, if you're not quite where you need to be, say, "I'm not as bad as I used to be, but I'm going to get better." All right, I'm going to keep working on. It. So that's the negative part. But let's focus more on the positive because. So, What'd you say, Carlton? a good reminder that we need to all be Spirit. Yes. Because without his help, we need. So, right, we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Okay, and that's how we're going to end the lesson tonight when we get down there. But the only way we can do it is with the Holy Spirit's help, right? And that's true not just for our language, but for the way we live and all that kind of stuff. So too often I think sometimes we focus on the negative and negative, negative. Let's focus on the positive, all right? So we um, don't speak unwholesome words, but instead we speak helpful words. Speak helpful words. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good. Okay? Let no corrupting talk. But, in other words, there's something to replace it with. It isn't just, don't say this, don't say that, don't say this, don't say that. Instead, let's replace it with good stuff. And can I tell you what, that that's such great advice about just any kind of habit in our lives. It's great advice for our thoughts. In fact, next week, that's what the topic's going to be. You know, tonight, it is is words matter. Next week, we're going to talk about thoughts matter, okay, how important our thoughts are and how they influence us. That's more of an influence on us because other people can't hear our thoughts, even though women think their husbands should be able to. Doesn't work that way, you know. All right. So anyway, um, that's one of the best ways to deal with any bad habits you have in your life is to replace them with good ones. And the same thing is true for our speech. All right? All right. So let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good. Good, meaning helpful or beneficial. Now, the rest of this verse talks about three different types of helpful words, okay? The first one I've called edifying words, edifying, edifying words. Paul says here, uh, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. What does that mean? What does edifying or building up mean? I mean, it's not complicated, but what? how would you put it into words for somebody else and say, what exactly does that mean? encouraging that's a great one word that puts it right out there right something's gonna be encouraging to somebody else did you want to say something john you had that look in your eyes like no, going to you're gonna say encouraging okay all right okay you just couldn't get out as fast as everybody else right all right all right yeah helpful constructive encouraging uplifting supporting, supporting. yeah Proverbs 12, 25 says, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. I bet if you were to think about it, you could think of many times, as long as you got the memory, times maybe you were feeling a little bit down, having a rough day or whatever, and just a kind word, uh, an encouraging word from somebody else took you out of it or helped you you know, get up out of that, you know, maybe just didn't have any energy, whether you're talking about physical energy or spiritual energy, emotional energy, and somebody, you get into a conversation, and they're just encouraging and supporting you with their words and everything, and it's like, I feel bad, I got got energy now, you know, what are some examples of edifying words? You're You're special, thank you, I appreciate you telling me that. What are some other examples of edifying words? Debbie. It's a long story, but I'll shorten it. it wow. Yeah. You know, that brings a whole other dimension is that when we feel like God has laid someone and certain words on our hearts to speak, you know, to them, and we need to be open to that, All right. Um But don't just wait for God to whisper and you say, go tell so-and-so this. Just do it automatically, okay? What are some other examples of encouraging words, edifying words, building up words? Okay, tell somebody they look nice. Make sure you tell them the truth. If they don't, just don't tell them right that time, okay? <laughs> yeah, because where we're gonna get to that? Too, speaking of the truth is important too, you know? Norris. Yeah, speaking a kind word, and you mentioned specifically thanking people for what they're doing. You know, something I try to do, I'm not 100% of the time, but most of the time, um, and I know there are people that abuse their authority and stuff like that, but if I see a policeman and to where I can talk to them and say, really, I appreciate what you do, you know, or somebody who's serving in the military, I appreciate your service, you know, um, and, 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 you know, that works really good for people that are serving you in the restaurants. Thank you so much, you know. Um, yes, Lee? He'd like to hear what? Words of, love. Words of love, even just saying "I love you." Okay, I mean, we should be saying that to each other in in, in our families, in the family of God. Yeah. You know? Yes, Carlton. Like, okay. Yeah, I know it's hard, but I'm going to be praying for you. Yeah. You, you know, it's, and, and and make sure you do. If you say you're going to pray for somebody, make sure you do. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this before in the context of sharing our faith. You know, I've shared with you one of the things that we always do is when we go out to eat or whatever, is we'll ask our server. You know, we're getting ready to pray for our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you about? And the worst response we've ever gotten is like, no. But people appreciate that. In fact, we met a new person because uh, we're chaplains at Sunny's That's working at Sunny's, and. And uh the very first time we met her and she sat us, we said we told her that and she goes, You know what? I follow a different path, but thank you so much for asking me. It meant a lot to her, even though she seems obvious, wants nothing to do with God, the Bible, or whatever, but it meant a lot to her that we had actually asked. So that's another good example. Well, some other examples I have is I believe in you. Okay? I'm proud of you. You can make it. I mean any kind of positive words. Yeah, Amenda. Mm-hmm. So recognizing when people are really nice, like you said in customer service, you know that's another thing too. You see somebody has a great smile, say, "You know, you have a great smile. You have a great attitude." Again, only tell them that that that's true because they can tell if you're lying. That's not very helpful. All right. Now, can corrective words be edifying? Yes, if you speak them the right way. You know, you got just the opposite. Say, "Well, you never do anything wrong." or you didn't do that again, or whatever. You know, sometimes as parents, sometimes as spouses, sometimes as bosses, sometimes as whatever position we're in, we may have to correct someone. And just because we're focusing on the positive doesn't mean that we can't say things that are corrective, but the way we do it makes a big difference. Okay? Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-three says, Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue, okay? Now, when it says he rebukes, it doesn't mean you're being mean and ugly to them, but you're saying, hey, I care enough about you that I want to talk to you about this issue, and it's not right, but I'm going to do it in a loving way, and there's all kinds of scriptures that could do a whole Bible study on that in the New Testament about, you know, reaching out to people and holding them accountable and loving them enough to help them get back on the right path, and they may not appreciate it at the time. But later on, they can look back. You might be able to think of something in your life about, you know, somebody came to me and told me about this. I did not like it at the time. But looking back, I can tell they did that because they loved me. And it helped me get back on the right path. And I'm so glad they told me. Were you going to say something, Lisa? Um, It totally went out of your head. Okay. Yes, Lynn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's when you don't want to tell somebody, especially a stranger, but they would appreciate knowing it. You know, your fly is unzipped, you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Now, of course, the opposite of edifying words is unwholesome words. We're not going to dig deeply into a lot of examples of that, but, you know, things that we're tempted to say sometimes, you know, and unfortunately, maybe we've said in anger, frustration, Um I, maybe... I hope not. You were in a home where words were said to you by family members or other people in authority over you. Like, you're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. I tell you, that's some hard stuff to live down and to get past, you know. Um, <laughs> here's one that sometimes parents can be guilty of. Why can't you be more like your sister or more like your brother? Um, that's not a good thing to say. Anyway, so uh edifying words. The second type of words are appropriate words. Um, Paul says it as fits the occasion. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion. Have you ever known somebody who always knew just the right thing to say? Okay. Maybe not always, but you've been in this situation and somebody spoke to you, the example Debbie gave just a few moments ago. Perfect example of man, they said exactly what I needed. And sometimes you can do that because you know what somebody's going through. Sometimes you do that, you don't know what they're going through, but God speaks to you. That's why I say we always need to be sensitive you know, to the Holy Spirit and we can speak those things. And sometimes it's maybe not even God speaking to us about it, but we decide, you know what? I'm gonna speak something positive into people's lives as I go through my day today. And we speak something positive to that person that's checking us out at Walmart, you know, or to our server at the restaurant or to our coworker or whatever, and come to find out that they, that was exactly, exactly, exactly what they needed, okay? Proverbs fifteen twenty three says, to make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. So how do we know what the right thing is to say in a certain situation? Sometimes we don't, right? But what can we do when we don't? We can pray. Yeah, and that'd be a great thing to do. You know, we, we talk sometimes about, you know, things to pray in the morning. Lord, thank you for this new day. Guide me, lead me through the day. Help me make wise decisions. We could add that to the list. Lord, help me with my words to encourage people and to uh, be a blessing to others. And Lord, give me the right words to say that will really minister to them and help them right there where they're in the situation at right then. And not be a stumbling block. A stumbling block. Yeah, yeah. So pray about it and pay attention. Sometimes we don't know the right things to say because we're not really paying attention. We're so concerned about ourselves, our issues, what we're going through, you know, and this other person is telling us all about their life and it's like we're just in one ear and out the other. Or if we're in a situation where we've got this discussion going on, we're not paying as much attention to them because we're so busy thinking about what we want to say next. Pay attention to people. Pay attention to people. All right? All right. But God can and will use you this way, so pray that he will. The third type of words, okay, helpful words are gracious words. Gracious words. Um, in the verse, there let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay, um, what does that mean? Words that give grace. W- what kind of words are those? Words that give grace. What'd you say? I still didn't quite get it. Okay, we need to do that with our coworkers at work. But what does it mean, words that give grace? Kind. Yeah. And what is God's grace all about? Mercy. That means that God gives us what we don't deserve. So gracious words can also include speaking, again, not lies, but speaking positively and upliftingly and encouragingly even to people that you don't want to because that's not the way they're treating you, okay? In other words, treating people, saying things to people that you would like to have said to or to you, not necessarily what they are saying to you. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. The New International Version translates that phrase, um, words that may benefit those who listen, okay? Something that will enrich the life of the listener, Couple other verses that go along with that. Colossians chapter four, verse six. Uh Lynn, I think, quoted this a little while ago. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, that means giving it flavor. Okay? Um, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Proverbs fifteen four says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. And then one that's very well known, Proverbs twelve, eighteen, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Okay? So an additional thought that's not in this verse, but it's all around it, is speak the truth in love. I've already mentioned it a couple times going through here. In all these things, we still want to tell the truth. Don't just out and out lie to somebody to try to encourage them. Because number one, they're probably going to know you're lying, and so it's not going to do any good. Or if they don't know you're lying and they find out later, it still won't do any good, and they wonder what else you've lied to them about. Okay, so speak the truth in love. That's what Ephesians 4.15 says. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Okay, so we need to speak the truth in love. Now, how do we do this if the truth might be hurtful? Yeah, it all comes down to how you tell the truth. The attitudes you have, the words you use, and if they can tell you really care. You're not just telling the truth. Because you know, we can use the truth to hurt people bad. You know? Um, I've used this illustration before is that, you know, some people preach about people going to hell like they're so glad they're going there. Whereas other preachers can preach about hell with tears in their eyes it has a whole different perspective. You know? And there's a way of telling the truth and 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 uh Lightening the heavy load or, or making the negativity of it not so bad. I can remember an illustration from a long time ago, um, when my wife and I had been married for maybe about 10 years or so. I think that's about right. Anyway, she had gone out shopping with a friend. She had had some money from her birthday or something and she came back. It's right before Easter and she bought a new dress and she tried on this new dress and she came down and her friend was there. She, what do you think of this dress? I didn't care for it. <laughs> And I knew that I was at a decisive moment, and I said, well, sweetheart, it's not really one of my favorites, but if you really like it, that's fantastic, because that's what's most important. And she accepted that. That may not have been the best thing, but that's the best I could do under the circumstance, okay? And um, I mean, it's a whole lot better than just saying, I don't like that at all. I think you should take it back. You can do a whole lot better than that. And it's like, you know, I just it's not my favorite, but if you really like it. Again, that may be a good example, that may not be a good example. But that's what I did and it worked. But I'm just trying to say try to find a way to speak the truth in a way that's loving and helpful and minimizing minimizes the negative. Now Lynn had his hand up first, then over here to John. Go ahead, Lynn, and then back there. Mm-hmm. That's good. Think of the best way to explain it in a way that they'll empathize with it, using an illustration, a metaphor, like Nathan, the prophet Nathan, going to David and telling him the story about the man that took the lamb, and you know, to confront David about his sin. John, you had your hand up. I was going to say, give me that illustration in writing. In writing. <laughs> <laughs> you me that illustration in writing? Okay, yeah. like all right. Copy, you like it. A... <laughs> it's not that hard to remember. Yeah, Dorothy, you had your hand up a little ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a soft answer turns away wrath, you know. My wife has this saying um, that uh, is really good when you've got to deal with somebody about something. It says, make the sandwich. And what she means by that is you make a sandwich, you got bread, then you got the ingredients of the sandwich, and then you got the bread. And the bread represents positive things, and the ingredients makes it the negative. You got to. So first of all, you focus on positive things that you can say that are true. You know, I really appreciate you, and you do this, and blah, 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 blah. But there's this one little issue that we've got to talk about, and I want to pray with you about it and help you with it. But you know what? And then add on some more positive things. So building the sandwich really helps. I thought I saw several more hands. Yeah, Melva. Okay, looking at things through the eyes of other people to give you some empathy. All right? Yeah, you, what you said a little bit earlier, too, is that, you know, in a very practical way, if you respond to people in a very negative way, it's really not going to help your situation. <laughs> it may make it a lot worse. All right? All right. Well, we've got to wrap this thing up. So let me just throw some other things out here. Under the conclusion, I've got a couple of just two practical things that will help us with this. Okay? How can we do this? Um, first one, guard your heart and your mind. And we'll talk this, about this some more next week when we talk about thoughts matter. Because whatever's in your head is going to come out, okay, whatever's in your heart. So guard your heart and your mind because whatever's inside is going to come out like we started out with. You know, why is it that when we're kids and our parents say certain things to us, we say, I will never say that to my kids. But when we grow up, we do. Well, there's two reasons. Number one, we realize that they were a lot wiser than we thought they were. But sometimes it's just because that's been put into us. When we're talking about negative stuff, if people have spoken a lot of negative into our lives, it becomes very, very easy to start speaking that negative out into other people's lives. So guard your heart and your mind. There's that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. So watch what you put into your mind, okay? Um, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Psalm 39, 1 says, I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. So guard your mind and your heart, or your heart and your mind. And then the last one is the one that was mentioned earlier. Pray for God's help. We can't do without God's help. Uh, Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, if we pray that, does it mean we don't need to worry about doing anything about it? If we pray that and then we say something wrong, it's like, Well, God, it's your fault. I told you to put a guard over my lips. No, no. That's basically a prayer saying, God, help me. Okay, help me. Um, we still have our responsibility, but we can pray about it. Um, I like Psalm nineteen fourteen. 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So as we wrap this up, we all know this to be true, but words matter. Words matter. Let's use our words to the best possible effect. In every relationship, that's easy with some people because that's what they're doing to us. But especially when there's those people that we want to use those negative words. You know, those people that if we were cussing people, we'd want to cuss them out. But we're not cussing people. Anyway, you know, we want to say those things. That's a perfect test. What positive thing can I bring into the situation when they're bringing all this negative in? So may God help us to do that. That's a good thought too. May everything we say and do glorify God. All right, that's a good note to pray on. Father, we come to you right now thankful for your goodness. And Lord, we thank you that you speak. You, you have to correct us. But Lord, your word and your promises, Lord God, are never meant to corrupt or tear us down, but are always to build us up. Even when you're correcting us, you want to build us up. You've got words that fit the occasion. You, you offer your grace to us. You make us promises we don't deserve. And, Father, I just pray that you would help us to treat other people the way you treat us, with grace and mercy, and may that impact the way we speak. God, I pray specifically for each of us, because this is true for each of us, those people, those certain people that we struggle with when we talk to them, those certain circumstances, when we get all riled up or it's a problem, Lord, those salespeople, those phone calls, whatever it is, where it just seems to set us off, it pushes that trigger, I pray that we'd be extra mindful in those times to be careful of what we say and to not only just refrain from saying something bad or wrong or negative, but to try to do what is positive, what might even turn the situation around. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us all, Lord God, to be encouragements, to be an encouragement to each other, to our family members, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, to whoever we come in contact with. And, God, I pray especially that you would give us just the right words to say. To people that are hurting, to people that are discouraged, and Lord, to people that are without Jesus, so that that process will draw them to yourself. Father we, thank you and we praise you for it Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's message or Bible study for more information please contact us at area code 352-347-3001 or visit us online. If you are interested in supporting this ministry, go to our website and click on the online giving tab. Our website address is www.marionoaksag.org.